Welcome to Back to the Point. I am your host, Rick Goulding, from BC High's class of 2004. And on the pod today, we're doing something a little different. Um, you know, I've mentioned a few times since, since the end of last year that we're going to try some new formats and do some different things. And today just happens to be one of those days where we are, uh, are doing something a little different. And what we have today is a senior at the school uh, who's been doing some really, really cool work for the business club behind the scenes. Uh, his name is Jake Allen, and I'll, I'll let kind of the pod speak for itself and the work that he's been doing, uh, but he's been doing some really cool stuff, and we wanted to take the time to celebrate that and to show all of you um, what he's been up to. So that's what we're doing today. That's why uh, this episode of Back to the Point is called Back to Business. Uh, you see what I did there, as in the business club, Back to Business. I'm, uh, we're, we're clever like that. So I hope you enjoy it. As always, just want to say, uh, go and subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, send us feedback. I, I actually would like to take a second to officially request from the listeners out there uh, to send us suggestions for guests. Um, you know, we, we love coming up with um, guests for the pod. We love reaching out to folks and seeing if they're willing to come on for us but we also would love to hear from all of you if there are people out there uh, who you think have a cool story a cool BCI story um, and you think they'd be a good guest to come on uh, we'd love to hear that so so please um, back to the point at bchigh.edu uh, at bchigh on twitter at bchigh eagles on instagram uh, you can send it directly to me at rick goulding and the number three on instagram would love to hear your suggestions for guests. Uh, any other feedback we you have for us also is much appreciated. But I'm officially uh, I'm officially requesting suggestions on guests. Um, oh, and uh, one more piece of housekeeping before we get to Jake and his work. Um, you may have noticed that we were a little off in the scheduling for this pod. Uh, just so you know, there was uh, there were some scheduling difficulties. There were some technical difficulties, and then there were some difficulties caused by uh, several variations of the flu. Um, so we're, we're back on our feet, we're rolling again, uh, and we're going to be back to a regular schedule. So just wanted to address that. want to let you know that that's why things have been a little bit off. Um, and apologies for that. But like I said, we'll be back to a regular schedule. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that is it. All right, enough of me. Let's get to Jake. Uh, here's Jake Allen, class of 2019, um, and the really, really incredible and uh, fun stuff he's been doing with the business club. Let's roll. All right, we are here on a dreary Monday morning at BC High, and I'm here live in studio with uh, Jake Allen, who's a senior at the school, but he's also strategic partnership director of the business club. Uh, and he's been doing some cool work, which we'll get to in a minute. But first and foremost, Jake, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Rick. Of course. I'm excited you're uh, joining us. So to kind of start with, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Um, you know, where do you, where do you come from? Um, what it's been like at BC High for you, et cetera. Why don't you just 
kind of let the listeners know a little bit who Jake Allen is. All right, so I'm a senior. Uh, I've been going here for six years, and I'm from Cohasset. I'm the, the oldest of four kids. Um, I've got involved with the business club when I was a sophomore here, uh, when, just when it was first starting out. Now I'm the strategic partnership director with that group. I'm um, involved with a couple other student groups, some, some campus ministry stuff, and uh, I've loved my BCI experience. It's really helped me become the person I am, both inside and outside the classroom. Cool. It's been very formative. Excellent. Excellent. So let's, let's talk. We have a lot to get to, so I want to get right into it. Let's talk about the business club. I guess from kind of a broad standpoint, what does it do? Um, you know, what are some of the things that the business club focuses on? Uh, if there's anything coming up that you want to talk about, just kind of give us an overview of the business club. So the business club was founded, like I said, when I was a sophomore. Wait, that was that was when it was founded. Uh, yeah. Which oh, okay. Two years ago. Okay, and um, you've been you so you've been in since the beginning. Yeah. Oh, cool. It was All founded right. by the Gosnell twins, and what we do is about twice a month. Occasionally, it's like three times a month or once a month, but about twice a month, we have speakers come in and just share their experience in the business world, uh, in college, business school if they went there, just their careers, their lives, uh, give us some advice. And these these speakers are typically alum, but they're not they don't they're not exclusively alum. And uh, in terms of what's coming up next week during February break, we're going on a trip to New York City, and we're meeting with a bunch of alum there. So oh, you are exciting. okay. So, so you're 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 meeting with them kind of in a similar vein to some of these conversations. Yeah, going to sit down with each one of them, hear a little bit about their story. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. Uh, is there anybody that you can reveal that that's on the itinerary? Uh, I don't know any of the names, but we are going to Tiffany's. We're going to ESPN. Oh, cool. Uh, so yeah, we're excited. That's cool. That's great. Um, so, I, I just to kind of share with all of you listening what Jake has been up to. Uh, Jake has been helping the business club kind of do its thing. Um, every every uh, once in a while they have someone come in, sit down with them and, and share their conversations. But Jake has been taking that conversation kind of to the next level um, outside of a kind of a large speaking format. He's been doing one-on-one interviews with each of these um, speakers and he's recorded them. Uh, so what we have today for you is kind of a, a special opportunity to to hear a whole bunch of different folks um, and kind of hear their story and their experiences um, in the business world. So, uh, Jake, I'm going to kind of let you introduce each each kind of interview. So who do we have first? So first we have on Mike Medici. He's a managing director at Summit Partners, which is a VC firm. Um, he focuses on the technology se- sector, uh, and it's a, it's a great interview. So hope you enjoy. All right, let's let it roll. Good morning. This is Jake Allen, class of 2019, here with Mike Medici, class of 1997. Um, Mike is returning to campus after graduating from Georgetown 2001, working for a startup, then Prudential Capital, before going to Summit Partners in Boston, uh, a private equity firm where he invests in private companies. Mike, how are you doing this morning? Very good. How are you, Jake? I'm good, thank you. Um, Let's start off with this. What do you look for when you're investing in a company? So <clears throat> what we typically look for is uh, probably three or four fundamental things. First is really strong management team. Uh, second is big addressable market for that, for that team to go attack. <clears throat> Third thing is attractive fundamental business model, meaning they're able to sell their product, whether it's software, 
or a piece of hardware or a shirt or whatever they're selling for attractive economics, meaning they can make it at one price and sell it at a price that's much higher than what they can make it at. So attractive fundamental business model. And then the fourth thing is uh, attractive overall financial profile. So not only can they make and sell things at a unit level on an attractive basis, but when they run the entire business as a whole, it's an attractive financial picture. So it's a it's a growth business, it's profitable, um, and, and those types of qualities. All right, and you're in, um, you invest in technology and healthcare, right? Yeah, primar- for, for me now, it's primarily technology companies. And so in that, it's a lot of software types of businesses, a lot of internet-related businesses, yeah. What is the most important leadership quality you possess? Uh, it's a great question. I think that uh, the most important leadership quality for me um, is probably just a sense of openness and honesty. And uh, and then from there, it's probably a sense of self-awareness as well that uh, I'm able to uh, effectively build relationships and build trust with people pretty quickly. And they're able to look at me and understand what I'm motivated by and my strengths and weaknesses with them as they're looking at my back. And that's I think that's the, the biggest thing for me. And when you interact with other people, are you looking for that in them as well? Well, I, I'm looking for – I'm certainly looking for a level of honesty. Um, but people ha- have different strengths and weaknesses. And what I, what I do like about people is their ability to um, be cognizant of their strengths and their weaknesses. So I do look for that. Um, but it's not I'm, not – I'm just not looking for people who are, you know, identical to me, right? We're all different. And I think our ability to deal with different people is a, is a key trait as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, do you still remain, maintain your relationships with your BC High friends? I do, yeah. I've, I've uh, six or seven, <coughs> actually probably seven or eight, uh, really close friends of mine from high school that we <coughs> were in contact, you know, every week or every month. We go out to dinner all the time, and, you know, our kids now know each other and all that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tight group. And would you say those are like your best friends in life? <coughs> they, they, I mean, there are some of them, yeah, for sure. I mean, I made great friends in college and throughout my career as well, but my friends from BC High certainly know me the best because I've known them the longest. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great group. All right. Um, we're going to ask you a couple quick hits here. Okay. Don't really think, just answer. Okay. Um, are you related to the Medici's from Florence? No. McDonald's or Wendy's? McDonald's. Uh, favorite city besides Boston? Hmm. Anywhere in the world? Yeah. Uh, probably Paris. Paris. Uh, fill in the blank. Brady, Belichick, blank. Winners. Uh, and your favorite TV show? Right now is Ozark. Ozark. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> um, all right. My last question is what was more difficult for you, BC High or Georgetown? Uh, it's a great question. I think they were both difficult for different reasons. I think Georgetown for me was more difficult because there were more distractions. You know, you're on your own, uh, you're of age, things like that. There's opportunities to get probably in more trouble in college than there are in high school. Um, and so that makes it harder. And things like time management and focus and responsibility, you got to lean on those kinds of traits a lot more uh, at a place like Georgetown and probably any college environment. But uh, Georgetown 
um, excuse me, BC High was probably harder academically, like purely on the academics and the work that I had to put in. Um, BC High was harder for sure. So it's both hard for different reasons, but I think that the social aspect of, of college makes it harder in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was Mike Medici. Thanks for meeting with us, Mike. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. All right. Good stuff. Uh, that I, I really that was that was good. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, who's next on this list. So next we have Jim Norton, class of '86. He has uh, two kids here at BCI, and he is the chief revenue officer at a company called Dosh. Uh, Dosh is a cash back app. It's just emerging in the in that sector, so he's excited about his role there, and uh, I recommend Dosh for any of you out there. <laughs> All right, let's let it roll. Welcome back. This is Jake Allen, class of 2019, here with Jim Norton, class of 86. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing great, Jake. Thanks for having me. All right, um, let's get into it. So you work at Dosh. Yep. What is Dosh, and what, did you, what do you do there? Okay, yeah, so uh, again, thanks for having me, Jake. And um, so um, this is a brand new company that I just joined uh, just a couple of months ago. And um, as we'll get into, you know, my, I have a long career in history in the media and advertising space. And this is a new media technology called card-linked offers. So the whole idea behind Dosh is that um, we're attracting users to a mobile app where users can upload their credit card information. And when they shop at a Dosh designated merchant, they get automatic cash back. So it's not points or, um, or gift cards or coupons, it's, it's straight cash. So the, the whole premise of the company is billions of dollars to millions of people. Um, and then my job as the chief revenue officer is about working with merchants to come onto the Dosh platform. So a couple notable merchants that we've got on the platform today would be like um, CVS, the pharmacy, Pizza Hut, ExxonMobil, gas stations, Dunkin' Brands comes on in the next month or so. So uh, my job is to go out and work with these merchants and, and get them to join the platform. Yeah, how, how did you get onto the tech scene originally? Yeah, so my, uh, my career has been largely based around media. And in 2006, I was, uh, end of 2006, I was working actually across the street on Marcy Boulevard at Channel 56, WLVI-TV. And... Um, you know, I was looking for a change, and Google was a new company on the scene, and I, you know, was able to get myself a meeting at Google and uh, go into Google on the sales organization. And, and so that was really my kind of my first entry into, uh, into tech was uh, at Google. Yeah. What was it like working for Google? Yeah, I mean, I was there a really innovative time. You know, that was, you know, Google was still a relatively small company, in fact, when I interviewed at Google, Google didn't even have a formal office in Boston. I actually interviewed in a hotel room at the Park Plaza Hotel. They had just rented a couple of hotel rooms. That was uh, essentially the office. And then uh, uh, ultimately moved to Kendall Square in Cambridge. So I was there for a really you know, explosive period of growth. Um, and uh, so it was great. I mean, it was some of the smartest people in the world, really innovative technology, uh, excellent sales culture. And I was fortunate to work with a guy by the name of Tim Armstrong who was leading sales at Google, and he left there to go to AOL, and I went over along with him to help do the AOL turnaround. So you s you're a salesman. You're in sales, and you talked in your talk about the six steps to a sale. How did you develop those six stages? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a you know I thought that would have been a, a was a good topic for the students, in that, you know, everybody at some point in their career is going to be selling whether they are a formal salesperson or not. You know, you could be in. You could be in finance, you could be in the HR practice, uh, you could be running the, the legal team, but at some point you're asking for somebody, you're asking of somebody to approve something. Um, and you know, by having the fundamentals of those six steps of selling, I think it's just a good framework uh, for people to remember when they're engaged in some sort of sales activity. So I'll, I'll, I'll say them what they are again. So. The six steps are number one, the introduction, how you're introducing yourself to the person you're selling to. Um, secondly, is around the needs analysis, fact finding, the understanding of what that person is willing to buy or is, would want to buy. Three is the presentation, so that's actually the demonstration presentation of what it is you're selling. Fourth, overcoming objections, so getting the questions back based on what you presented to them and having, you know, creating a better understanding for that. Five is close, that's actually asking for the order. And then six is the follow-up. And the follow-up is really kind of designed to foster a long-term relationship and you know, potentially renew a contract or upsell on something that's existing, sell them another product. Um, so by having that framework of the six steps of the sales, and I certainly didn't develop that, but it is something that I learned very, very early in my career that I remind myself of on a regular basis to make sure that I have the discipline when I'm talking to a prospective customer to make sure I'm going through those steps of the sale. So you've served on the board of trustees for a number of institutions, including the Ad Council and BC High. Uh, what do you enjoy about that? Well, I think, you know, as anybody that gets in their career, you know, it's one thing, you know, it's one thing to be an individual contributor, you know, like a, a, a salesperson. It's another thing to be a manager, you know, you're managing people, and then it's entirely something different to be a leader. And I think one of the points of being a leader is thought leadership and also advocation for whether it's for an industry or an institution. Um, so in, in my case, you know, in media, I've held a number of senior positions with industry boards as, as a, you know, I'm a steward of the industry and I wasn't necessarily representing my company at the time, but more about the industry itself. In my case of BC High, you know, I, I've got just a great allegiance to the school. It's been part of my family's history for, for you know, this is, we've got fourth generation of our family here at BC High. Um, and, you know, for me, it was a, you know, an opportunity to give back and to advocate on behalf of the school. And so again, it's kind of that leadership mentality is, you know, what can I do that I can not only give back, but contribute in terms of, you know, my experience in media marketing, advertising, and you know, that, that I think that's helpful for any board. All right, a couple quick ones here. What's your favorite restaurant? Ooh, favorite restaurant. Well, uh, I'm gonna go I in Boston. You know, I'm a. I'm gonna go Tony C's in Boston. I'm gonna keep it uh, keep it simple because I love a good sports bar. And as much as I love a fancy restaurant, there's nothing better than uh, than a restaurant when there's a bunch of games on and it's loud. So, you know, Tony C's and the Seaports are always a good one. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'll go like back to my time of the 80s uh, while here at BC High. It's a classic. Yeah. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Actually, yeah, yeah well, I'll go Pepsi. And I say Pepsi because I had a really good working relationship with Pepsi when I was in uh, 
when I was in digital media, and they're, that's a good team, really innovative team. What color is a mirror? Color of the mirror. Well, the mirror is actually black <laughs> behind it, so it's really the the mirror itself is black. What's in the mirror is you know that that's that's what's being projected. And uh, this is when we ask everybody, what was harder, BC High, BC or grad school? Um, BC High, <laughs> and you know I think the the m most challenging part of BC High is adjusting to the workload the expectation that is put on the students. Um, and, you know, you're early in your academic career, understanding how to manage uh, that amount of workflow. But I will say this, the difficulty and challenge of BC High makes, made for me, Boston College that much easier. Uh, and so, you know, I think that for all the students, I think all, many of the students will come out of BC High and get in, they'll look around at their peers at the college or university that they attend and realize how well prepared they are as compared to some of the other students. That's good to hear. All right, that was Jim Norton, class 86. Thanks for coming on. All right, man, thanks so much. Okay, so I guess the next person on the list is actually someone I, I, I knew during my time at BC High. Uh, I'm not gonna give it away, but we played, uh, we were in the soccer program together uh, during our time here. So, so Jake, who's, who's next? Uh, next we have Alex Minani. He was the Vice President uh, Transformation Consumer Experience at Aetna. So right now he was overseeing the Aetna-CVS merger. Uh, he's been all over. He did some time in South America. So he's a super interesting guy. It's a great interview. All right. Hey, uh, Alex, if you're listening, what's up? Let's let it roll. All right. Welcome back. This is Jake Allen, class of 19, here with Alex Finoni, class of 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, he currently works at Aetna. Can you tell us what you do at Aetna? Sure, so um, I'm part of a group that's called Transformation. Uh, essentially, after the deal with CVS was announced about a year ago, the two companies realized that in order for the rest of the country to understand why this is happening, we needed to form a group to basically define that. So this group of Transformation was created to say, what's the three to five year vision of why these two companies are coming together? How will it change the way that Americans access healthcare how will it change the distribution of healthcare services and make it more local? Because CVS has almost 10,000 stores across the country. I think they say that 80% um, of the United States population is within two miles of a CVS. So for us, the insurance company, it means that we have a greater ability to offer lower cost services that are closer to where people live. And our group in transformation is meant to define how you actually make that happen. And we're doing a lot of work around uh, an area called consumer experience. And we're trying to change the way that that experience exists and make it less difficult, um, cheaper, and more accessible for people to actually get care when they need it. All right. Um, so earlier in your career, you worked for the Patriots. You also worked for the Michael J. Fox, or with the Michael J. Fox Foundation. What would you say was cooler, meeting Patriots players or meeting uh, Marty McFly? <laughs> actually... Uh, truth be told, uh, Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox himself, um, really, really nice guy, and they're sort of opposite ends of the spectrum because with the Patriots, you know, I'd get on an elevator with a six foot eight, three hundred fifty pound offensive lineman and just feel completely dwarfed, and then I met Michael J. Fox, who maybe is five foot two inches tall, um, so I kind of felt like the the giant in the room at that time, but. Um, He's a really nice guy, really passionate about Parkinson's. Um, he's doing amazing work 
to, to change the way that people think about the disease and see the disease and, um, and the amount of money that his foundation has raised and put into research over the last 10 years um, is absolutely phenomenal and, and getting to meet a guy like that who you know was a movie star when I was really young and um, has become sort of a globally known philanthropist uh, it's a pretty amazing career trajectory so it was really cool to meet him so before you worked at Aetna, you worked at a VC firm. Um, when you and you said you invest in people, not companies. When you're looking to invest in a person, what do you need to see? So there's a couple of things. Um, one, you want to see passion. Um, so oftentimes we'd have people come in who knew an area really well, but it didn't necessarily seem like they had the passion or drive to change that industry or change that um, business area. So one of the things that we're looking for is people who have so much fire in their belly to want to go out and change the status quo that they won't rest a night until that problem gets solved or until they change the industry. So passion is a huge one. Um, the other things that we look for is uh, oftentimes track record. So if it's people who have either been founders of earlier companies or who've been sort of uh, leaders in startups that, that they've started from the ground up, it's usually a pretty good indicator that they'll be able to do it again. Um, and one of the things you think about in venture capital is what's called risk mitigation. You want to basically reduce the risk of starting a company as much as possible because the less risk there is, the better chance it is that the company will actually succeed and grow. And so um, the way we're able to de-risk some of those investments and find the right people is look for people with a track record. So I'd say the two most important things are passion for an area and tr track record in starting companies in the past. So in between the VC and the part work with the Parkinson's and earlier in your career when you worked for the Patriots, you lived in South America and you, you started the burrito chain there. Mm -hmm. What inspired you to start a burrito chain of all things? Yeah, um, this, was a, this was a little bit of an opportunistic um, play. So when I was, when we were living down there, obviously the cuisine is quite different. Um, it's, it's really good, there's a lot of seafood, but there were certain things about the states that I missed. Um, one of them, oddly enough, was burritos. Uh, and so we started to make them for friends, um, our Chilean friends and Argentinian friends, like I said, who had never seen a burrito before, but we were able to get all the ingredients together and, and make them from our friends, and everybody loved whenever we would have burrito night. And it finally dawned on us that, well, if our local friends here like them, pretty good chance that others in the country will like them too. And so. We started one store, um, and it was in sort of a downtown area where there was a lot of business traffic, especially at lunch, people who would come out of their offices and come into our, our restaurant. And pretty quickly, the line day to day was out the door, and we felt like we stumbled upon something that was a pretty big hit. And from there, we started to expand and expand and expand. And like I said, about 13 stores in five countries across South America. Um, but it all started with sort of missing something from your home and just having a fun time with friends and making it for them so that they could experience something new and then basically building it into a business from there. And uh, last of the big questions, do you still keep in touch with your BCI friends? I do. I do, quite a, quite a few of them. Um, more now that I'm back in Boston, there aren't too many BC high alums that are out in the San Francisco area. Um, Boston obviously is a hotbed for our alums, but my best friend um, to date is still my best friend from BC High. Um, he was a groomsman in my wedding. He's 
godfather to our son, um, and he's a he's a really close friend, always will be. Um, and then I have other other friends that um, I've now been getting back in touch with now that we're back in the Boston area. So absolutely, PC High continues to be a big part of my life, and and the friends that I made here continue to be friends. Fifteen years later, I just had my fifteen year reunion last April. Um, so yeah, absolutely. All right, you got a couple of quick ones here. Now, what's a favorite city you've lived in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say in South America, there's a city called Puerto Varas, and it's in northern Patagonia, and that's probably my favorite, yeah, given the, we basically lived on a, uh, a lake with, that was surrounded by three snow-capped volcanoes, and that's what I woke up to every day, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Who's, who's going to win the World Series? Uh, Red Sox, easy. <laughs> we'll see. How <laughs> uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? The, sorry, what? Pineapple? No. On pizza? No. Pine, sorry, I, I think I might be one of the few people in the world who hates pineapple, so pineapple doesn't belong on anything as far as I'm concerned. Hot take. Uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm going to go with the egg. Seems like it should start there. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so you went to... College at Harvard, you went to grad school at Johns Hopkins. What was harder, BCI, Harvard, or Johns Hopkins? <laughs> um, might not be surprising to anybody, but BCI was the hardest. Um, yeah, the classes, the teachers, academically really challenging, and then just long schedules. You know, you've got practices after school, and you get here when this, before the sun comes up, you get home after the sun goes down, and um, that was not the case at Harvard or Johns Hopkins, so... BC High was definitely the, uh, the most challenging academic experience that I had. All right, there we have it. Alex Maloney, class of 2003, thanks for sitting with us. Thank you. All right, it was great to hear from Alex. Um, who's next? Uh, next we have Paul Flaherty, class of 78. He's a senior VP at Davio's. Uh, he had a pretty unique path to get to where he is, and um, he has some funny stories. He's a really good guy, so it's a good interview. All right, let's roll. This is Jake Allen, class of 2019, here with Paul Flaherty, class of 78. Paul is a senior VP at Davios. That's correct. Uh, so what is it you do at Davios? Well, I'm the senior vice president, so I am responsible for uh, all things Davios, uh, basically from, from hiring to teaching and coaching and uh, marketing and all things related to the business side of the business. Uh, but I also am... Um, basically a floor manager so even though I have all these other responsibilities uh, my primary responsibility is to the guest and the inner guest. So you majored in economics in college how did you get into the restaurant industry? Well when I went to UMass uh, I was a bartender uh, as a freshman and between freshman and sophomore year the drinking age went up and um, the company that was running the student bar lost their license um, so uh, it was decided that it would be run by the students and as a sophomore I became the student manager of that bar and ran it for three years uh, somewhat successfully uh, and um, stayed in the business ever since. So I've heard the Awaken 180 ads on the radio recently. How did you add that aspect to your business and how has it helped your business in general? Well, it's kind of funny that uh, our job is to feed people, right? And we feed people these, uh, these steaks and these high-fat Italian foods. And um, so the Awaken 180 program, uh, I had done the program with great success. Uh, and uh, we realized that uh, when 
when I was on the program and some other guests that we, we had, we had created a little menu for them when they came in. Um, but uh, I realized that there was an opportunity here. So I brought it to Steve, my boss, and, and I said, listen, you know that Awaken 180 ad you hear on the radio all the time? What if we did that menu for everybody? And uh, he said, how about this? Let's take it a step further. I'll go on the program, and I'll become the spokesperson for them. Um, so I went to the Awaken people, and I pitched it, and um, it worked. And it's very successful for us. So we get an opportunity to bring in a guest that would likely not come to Davios because they're dieting. Uh, but also we get to contribute to our uh, what we believe, which is we're here to take care of people. So – um, we have an opportunity to educate both our guests and our inner guests, which is our staff, uh, on proper diet. So it worked out great. So you speak a bit of Spanish. Is being bilingual uh, advantageous to you in the business world? Yes, um, especially uh, in in the Boston market. Uh, there's um, there's quite a fit, quite a bit of Hispanic um, bussers and runners and waiters and and cooks. Uh, so um, being able to communicate uh, in people's natural language makes it easy. Uh, although we do try uh, to have Spanish-speaking people uh, speak English as much as they can uh, just to, to, to try to help uh, bring everyone together. But uh, it is a great advantage, and I recommend the second language. So Davio's has moved to 10 restaurants now, and it's moving to more the next couple of years. When you're looking to expand to a new city, what are you looking for in that location? Well, Steve, Steve picks the sites. Uh, so uh, we don't have any uh, geographical boundaries, although we do want to stay in the continental United States. Uh, but uh, we go for the best deal. So our restaurants are GM-centric, meaning the general manager, uh, who's a local person, uh, comes from that community. Uh, so we look for places uh, that have business centers uh, that we can get business. Obviously, there has to be a strong sense of community. Um, and we look for places that uh, have other busy restaurants. You know, we don't need to blaze the trail to be the first person at the outpost. Um, if so if there are other steakhouses or, or national chains there, uh, generally we know they've done their homework and we can go into those uh, locales. When you're looking to hire an employee, especially a younger employee, what are you looking to see in that person? Well, for us, it's it's all about the humans, right? So um, we look for a smile. We look for a, a brightness, a natural hospitality. Uh, we look for eagerness. Um, it's really appearance, obviously, uh, although um, that's not a killer. Uh, it's It depends on you have to be dressed properly. Uh, but... Mostly, it's about the spirit of hospitality. We believe that we can teach them what we do, uh, but we can't teach them um, how to behave, how to, how to be kind, and how to be gentle. I mean, for us, the best kind of employee is a generous one. All right, a few quick ones here. What is the best thing on the menu at Davio's? New York Sirloin. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant besides Davio's? Mm, Grill 22. Uh, when you go to the movie theater and you order popcorn, do you get salt or butter? Salt. And uh, this last one here, we ask everybody, what was more difficult, BC High or college? Well, BC High without question. All right. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, so the next the next gentleman on this list, obviously good some 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 serendipitous timing to have <laughs> to have a clip with someone uh, from this organization on the on the podcast. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about about this person? So next is Brian Oates, the class eighty nine. Uh, he's the director of corporate sales for the Patriots. Yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no K organization. They're doing all right these days. Yeah. When we talked, I believe it was the weekend uh, of the Chargers game. And we all know how that turned out. So Yeah, we did okay. Yeah. We did all right, yeah. Hi, welcome back. This is Jake Allen, class of 19, here with Brian Oates, class of 89. Hi, Brian. Hey, Jake. Thanks for coming on. So Brian works for the Patriots. What is it that you do for the Patriots? Jake, I work for Kraft Sports and Entertainment, and I am in our sponsorship group. So I, I work with brands like Bose and CarMax and Dunkin' Donuts and Dell Technologies to put together marketing programs based around our properties. And our properties include the Patriots, New England Revolution, Gillette Stadium, Patriot Place, and our new eSports team, the Boston Uprising. Uh, so you can you talk a little bit about your journey, how you got from where you graduated BC High, then you graduated Holy Cross in 93, how you got from there to working for the Patriots? Sure. Um, you know, I give a lot of credit for my formation and much of my success to BC High for the lessons I learned here, the connections I made, and, and uh, uh, the lessons I learned. Um, but I, I from, from BC High, I went to Holy Cross. From Holy Cross, um, I got my start in sports, working in the sports information department, and uh, I was an English major, and uh, upon graduation, I continued my internship in sports, working for the Bay State Games, and uh, since then, I've been fortunate to work for many of the teams and organizations in, in, in Boston and, and now um, incredibly fortunate to work for the Kraft family and, and Kraft Sports. All right, so you are a salesman. Uh, as an alumni, pretend that I am a prospective BC High student. Sell me on BC High. Geez, that's the easiest sale I'll make today. Um, BC High is an incredible community, an incredible opportunity for you to, to learn, to develop, to make lifelong bonds of friendship, um, of connection, and a place to challenge yourself, uh, a place that's not easy, but it's incredibly rewarding, uh, rich in experience, and uh, the school has something for everybody. So whether you're an athlete or um, into science or into the arts, BCI is a place to, to fuel and enable whatever your passion is. Um, all right, thanks. Can you talk a little bit about what goes into a sales pitch and if I'm a prospective company, like why should I work with the Patriots? Sure, I, I think um, what I do with the craft sports and entertainment properties is, is no different than what a lot of salespeople do, and that's provide solutions and, and listen and, and address problems. So um, I'm fortunate in that the solutions we have are, are really fun and, and interesting and, and things that people care about, whether it's the Patriots or the Revs or um, – a community program involves some of our properties, but you know my role, Jake, is is to find companies and brands that have a need, and then map our assets to that. So that for the Patriots, for example, that could in include the use of our our IP, our, our our marks and our logos. It could be our media. It could be involvement with games. It could be hospitality. So there's a, a variety of elements that we can put together to come up with an effective solution. So you also founded a charity called Golf Fights Cancer. Uh, can you tell me a little about that? 
Sure. I worked in the golf business uh, for seven years, and um, I'm a lifelong mediocre golfer, but I have a real passion for the game. And when I was in the golf business, a, a friend and I, uh, Jay Monahan, he, he still works in golf, um, started this group called Golf Bites Cancer. And I would say some of the impetus um, for it might harken back here to BCI in terms of being a man for others and, and giving back and getting involved in your community. So, you know, what we've been able to do is, is to tap into the passion and generosity of the golf community to raise funds. And, and the funds we raise um, are directed uh, to programs and, and grants that make an immediate and tangible difference in the fight against cancer. So it's, it's an incredibly rewarding um, organization to be involved with. So can you tell me, what is the biggest perk of working in sports? The biggest perk of working in sports um, is a dual-edged sword in that you get to go to a lot of games, but you're working at all the games. So you're not sitting there uh, having a beer or nachos with your buddies and enjoying the game. You're making sure your customers have a great time. But um, there are plenty of times where you do get to be a fan, and uh, so I've been fortunate to go to – a number of Super Bowls and, and really cool events. And uh, so that's – it beats having a real job. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what is the best interaction you've ever had with a player or a coach? I would say um, as incredible and as popular and as uh, involved as the Patriots players are, I would probably point out my experience working with a number of the Revolution players. Um, they're incredibly accessible, approachable committed uh, and involved. So, you know, I'll point to Andrew Farrell, who is um, a mainstay of our revolution team. And to see the work that he's done supporting and, and personally getting involved with Special Olympics is really impressive. So a lot of our guys, um, they have incredible demands on them for their, their day jobs of, of being professional athletes, but they all find time to give back. And, and um, I really haven't had any negative experiences, but I, I would hold the revs up as kind of a model of, of players that, that get it and, and want to give back. All right, so I have a few quick ones here, less serious. Uh, what is the best restaurant at Patriot Place? The best restaurant at Patriot Place? Mm. Well, we have 22 restaurants at Patriot Place. I'd encourage everybody to get down there and check it out. My personal favorite probably is Davio's because the warm welcome I get from BC High alum Paul Flaherty and his staff there is is un unparalleled. Uh, do you pronounce it caramel or caramel? I'd say caramel. Correct. Uh, <laughs> what's the best book you've read in the past year? The best book I've read in the past year? I'm reading one now about the life of dogs. Uh which is bringing me ever closer to my, my beloved Labrador, Stella. Um, so in absence of, given that I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, and lastly, we asked this to all of our guests. What was more difficult for you, BC High, Holy Cross, or grad school? Uh, I would say, uh, without question, BC High. Uh, if you can succeed here, and, and so many do each year, college is a little bit easier. Business school is, is not very difficult, you know, outside of the work-life balance. But uh, the rigor and the um, commitment it takes to be successful at BCI prepares 
prepared me and, uh, and many of my friends and people I know uh, to be incredibly successful thereafter. That was Brian Oates, Class 89. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jake. Okay. Uh, so last but certainly not least, we have um, someone who's actually not an alum but is connected to BC High nonetheless. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, this last interview? Uh, so the last interview was Mark Wisenhan. He uh, has a son here who's a sophomore, but he did not go to BC himself. Uh, he had a little bit of a unique path, whereas he was in the creative industry. He worked for Hasbro for a number of years. Now he has his own company, Playmark Design, and uh, he also has an art project he does called The Free Age Artisans. So he was interesting. It was a good interview. All right. Let's let it roll. Welcome back. Uh, we are here today with Mark Wiesenhahn, uh, parent, class of 21. Hi, Mark. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. So um, you did not go to BCI. Uh, what aspects of BCI drew you to the school and to send your son here? Um, it's actually interesting. So I was did not grow up in the area, um, wasn't familiar with BC High, um, but thankfully my son was. So he was the one that really pushed and drove that decision. Uh, we live in Milton, which is a big feeders <laughs> community for, uh, for BC High, so a lot of his buddies were looking to come, and that's where our research started. And frankly, it's been a wonderful fit and a great discovery for us. So you work at a company called Playmark that you founded. Uh, what does Playmark do? Playmark is a product invention company uh, for the toy and game industry. So briefly, we make toys, games, um, and children's entertainment uh, for the toy and game industry. So we do that both for concepts that we're developing for our own to license out, but also supporting partners that have uh, licenses or brands they would like us to develop. You used to work at Hasbro. Uh, what inspired you to, to branch out and start your own company? Having spent about 27 years working for Hasbro and other um, brands and companies in the toy and game category, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of wonderful people that had kind of started their own business developing toys and games and play things and always was intrigued by that and was looking for an opportunity to uh, try my hand at it. Uh, all right, so walk me through your creative process a little bit. When you're designing something, well, what does that look like? The design process is largely problem solving. And so first is really understanding what is the problem you're looking to solve for. Um, being that it's a new category opportunity, um, being that you see there's kind of a gap in the market. Um, sometimes it's a sort of wonderful lightning strike inspiration is saying, aha, I've, you know, that would be a fun, cool thing. Um, and then it's kind of the, the hard work, which is sort of working over a piece of paper and kind of sketching out what it could be, what it could look like, working through a lot of concepts and ideation to see uh, how real it could be and what are the possibilities. So you also you founded another project called the Free Rage Artisan. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, my last name, Wiesenhahn, roughly translates in German to uh, uh, rooster in the yard. So I'll take that into free range chicken. Um, my art career is really where my, um, my uh, creative background had started. So the idea of kind of doing and making things that I find interesting, um, that I find compelling, and I think would have a market where others would enjoy them, was something I've always wanted to do. And now that I started my own business, uh, I found it was the perfect time to, s to start building and developing those things. <laughs> What is one piece of advice you have for BCI students? 
uh, I think part of the power of BC High is um, the 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 community and the curiosity. The community is a fantastic network of um, like-minded young men um, who are looking to push themselves um, creatively, personally, ethically, um, and then also professionally as you move forward, how to actually leverage that community um, and network as you kind of find your way through. Um, I've I've been incredibly impressed by the BC High community in my, um, I guess, mine and my son's four years here. Um, it's one of the most impressive organizations and communities I've ever met. It's more collegiate-like than anything I've ever seen in the high school, elementary school level. All right, so a couple quick ones here. Uh, what is your favorite toy? Um, my favorite toy would be Play-Doh. Uh, what is the best Hasbro-based movie? Oh, it's got to be transformed. Uh, which flavored Doritos is better, the Cool Ranch or the Nacho Cheese? I gotta go Cool Ranch. It's always good. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite month of the year? Um, December. I work in the toy industry. Christmas is everything. Yeah. Um. All right. And this is when we ask everybody: What was more difficult for you, high school, uh, college, or grad school? Um, I have to say grad school because I've never done it and I don't think I will. So it's more the, the, the hurdle that I will never cross because I really don't want to. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, Mark. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, Jake. First, I want to say thank you for doing all of this extra work. Like th this is good stuff, um, and I really appreciate it. I think it's important to capture folks' stories, and I think this is – obviously, I think that's important, but I think, uh, I think you've done a great job here. I guess m just a couple of questions before we close this out. Um, what, were, what, what was something you kind of learned, I guess, not from – maybe not from the individual interviews, but from – going through the work of setting up these interviews, preparing for these interviews, and going through these interviews? Uh, one thing I learned was just how to talk to people. Uh, our generation, I think, gets like a lot of heat for not being able to talk to people, being like addicted to the phones. And uh, just sitting down one-on-one -on -one with an adult, and an adult who I respect and who's a success successful person in, in a setting where we're recording a podcast, so there's not really room for mistakes. Uh, that definitely helped me with my speaking skills and my public speaking skills. Yeah, you seem very articulate here today. Oh, you've had some you've had some preparations, um, so that's cool. And I guess I guess has has any of you, uh, what I want to ask is how uh, have the experiences that you've had on the business club, these interviews, uh, the speaker series, anything else that you've done with the business club, how has that shaped uh, your outlook for yourself? kind of moving forward yeah when I joined the business club a couple years ago I really was not that interested in business and I didn't know what I wanted to do but uh, we just have such a wide breadth of people coming in uh, from all different graduating classes all different lines of work uh, we have great experiences in our club we went to a Celtics game last year and met for some people who worked with them we went on a field trip to a consulting firm this year and uh, just being able to experience what it, business looks like now uh, really made me excited for my own future and studying business in college cool okay so that so you've 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 settled on that you would definitely want to study business in college yeah I think so <laughs> so so um, what's what's kind of so you talked about this trip to New York City what's kind of after that what's what's on the the end of the year for you in the business club because this is it right like you're you're hanging it up like you know what's 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 the plan yeah, so after New York City, we're going to have our normal 
uh, once every other week, have a speaker in, mm -hmm. and we'll probably keep doing these interviews for a while. And then around April break, we're going to replace the leadership with uh, underclassmen. So I have a couple of these left, and then that's it for me. All right. Is that How does that feel? Uh, it's bittersweet, you know. Yeah. Like, I love BC High, love being here, but it's also time to do something new. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, anything in particular looking forward to this summer or next year? Uh, better weather, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, well, Jake, again, I just want to say um, I really want to celebrate the work that you've done here because uh, I can imagine that there was a lot of extra hours put in preparing, you know, organizing these, uh, and uh, it shows, and, and you've done a great job here. And um, tip of the cap. And, and thank you so much because this, this, like I said, this is great stuff. And keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Rick. And good luck next year. That wraps up this episode of Back to the Point. Uh, just a little side note. As you may have heard in that, uh, when Jake and I were talking on the pod, I asked him what was next. And I didn't find out until after the podcast when we were just talking, uh, where we were recording. Uh, he's... He already got into Georgetown in Virginia. He was just being too humble to share that on the podcast. Uh, so he's also waiting to hear back from more schools. So a, a huge congrats to Jake for, for that, um, but for everything else he's done this year. And a huge thank you to him for uh, sitting down with me and sp spending the time and also taking the time to do, um, to do everything that he's been doing with the business club. Really appreciate it, Jake. Uh, thank you, as always, to Kristen Brophy, our incredible sound editor, who uh, did a great job of kind of piecing together all of these different clips that Jake has amassed over the year, um, along with my conversation with Jake and, and uh, everything else. And uh, thank you to everyone at BCI who makes this possible. Um, and most importantly, thank you to all of you for continuing to listen. As I said at the beginning, please send us your suggestions for guests. Really want to hear from you guys on who you'd like to hear from and, and we'll put them on the pod. We definitely will. Um, so reach out, let us know. Uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks and uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.